Welcome to the More Than a Mama podcast. Let's make some waves today. Hi, y'all. My name is Taylor. I'm a mama, wife, ocean enthusiast, and third grade teacher turned five-figure business owner. On this show, you can expect a strong mixture of sass, vulnerable conversations, and content that will empower you to find your strength and authority within yourself. Together, we will make an impact and rise above the ceiling society places on us. So take a seat and join me. You and your voice are welcome here. All right, y'all, welcome back to another episode of the 100K Doesn't Fix Everything series. We are on part three, and today I am fangirling over our guest. If you would have told me in March that this person was going to be on my podcast, I would not have believed you. Topsy, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much, Taylor, for having me. I'm so excited to be on. I can't wait to talk to your people. Yeah, me too. So if y'all follow me on the gram, I think I post something about Topsy at least three times a week. (laughs) So y'all probably know who she is. Um, But Topsy, tell us about you. What do you do? What do you specialize in? Give us the deets. Yes. Hi, everybody. I am Topsy Vandenbosch, and I am a mindset coach for six and seven figure business owners. And I help them um, discover and crush the toxic negative thought patterns that are really preventing them from being able to show up and make bank in their business. And in addition to that, I'm also a corporate trainer and I partner with um, companies to make sure that their employee culture is inclusive of uh, Black, Indigenous um, people of color and just making sure that the environments are um, inclusive of them and respective of them. So super excited to be here. I've been in the online space since 2017 and it has been such a journey, but a really good one and just such a blessing just in general. So I'm just so excited to talk to you guys and just shoot the breeze. Is this, does this podcast like allow cursing? Cause you know how I get down. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going to try to avoid the F bomb. Okay. That's okay with you. <laughs> Anything else is fair game. Totally fine. I but love there will movie. definitely probably be littles around when moms are <laughs> listening it. to this. Got so it. <laughs> you do you, but let's like avoid the F bomb. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. So just a little story. I love telling people the story because it's like it's just ridiculous how we met. So when I was in my business, it was like February, y'all. I had like a really bad spot mindset wise. And my business coach at the time was like, Taylor, you have to work on your mindset. And I remember telling her, I literally laughed on the call. (laughs) And I was, yeah. And I was like, no, like it's just strategy. Like my strategy sucks. That's why my business is sucking. And she referred me to you. And I remember I was like, this isn't a thing. Have I told you this story before? I don't think I knew I was it like, in the entirety. Of yeah, it. I was like, this isn't really a thing, but like, I'm gonna go follow you. I'm gonna go follow <laughs> Topsy. Um, but I followed you anyway. So I remember the first story I watched. I cackled the entire story that you did. It was so funny. I was like so attracted to like how like just your personality, yeah. but you were also like, okay, now we're laughing. Now let's talk about all your mindset crap. Is going on. <laughs> so it was like, man, I freaking love her. Oh, wow. Like she is calling me out. I feel like really seen right now. And I invested in your imposter monster course. Cause you did that around. Yeah. I did that around March, right when COVID hit and you added like six calls. Oh so my God. I, was part I remember of that. that. Yeah, little Taylor. I'm like, hi. <laughs> I remember now. Yeah. So crazy. You jumped on it. I did. And then everything after that, y'all, I've invested in every single thing. So when I say Topsy's been my mindset coach since like March, we're not joking. Um, <laughs> but you have like changed my not just my business, but my life. Like, oh my God. Stop. Because everything that you teach applies to your life too. You know, yeah. mindset is also something that happens in life. Yeah. And okay, I'm just, I'm so freaking excited to talk to you, but let's like back it up. So, yeah. like, tell me your business story. I've heard you 
I've heard you say lots of like bits and pieces. I know you were a therapist for a long time. That's another reason I was like really drawn to you is I love that you acknowledged mental health and how that can also affect entrepreneurs too. Like it's not just like um, a limiting belief, like it's a diagnosis sometimes. (laughs) Um, But Yeah. yeah, like tell everybody how you got to where you are today. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I don't really tell the story much. So, um, I, (laughs) I have been a clinical therapist for the past nine years. I have worked with every population underneath the sun. I have worked in outpatient mental health therapy. I have worked, um, I also have a substance abuse, um, credentials so I can provide substance abuse counseling. So I have specialty training in that, um, which is, is a very niche area, um, mm-hmm. high burnout, just like with anything else in the helping field. But if you create good boundaries, like it can be just so rewarding and so awesome. Um, so I loved my work with youth in the criminal justice system, juvenile justice system in particular. Um, and that was probably one of the most re- um, rewarding positions in corporate that I ever had. And I think there, it really taught me that I, I was a leader because I, I was in charge of creating this curriculum and assisting and developing this program for um, teens um, to be able to get substance abuse treatment. And it was the first time that they were offering um, substance abuse counseling to them in an actual um, 30, 60, or 90-day inpatient substance abuse program. So I was um, one of the ones put in charge of developing this program, developing the curriculum. What am I going to be teaching these teens? I am I going to support? Yeah, I don't talk about it. I mean, you know how it is in, when you are in your business and you're doing something completely different, there's really not a ton of opportunity mm-hmm. to discuss that. And so yeah. um, that was really rewarding because I think it gave me a sense of pride and knowing that, oh, wow, like I think I'm really good at program development. I think I can do this. Um, Obviously, I didn't know anything now that I know from you about adult learning theory (laughs) and how kids and people learn. So now I like cringe on the inside to think about how I probably threw so much information at these freaking teens and they probably were well within their rights to look at me cross-eyed like, Topsy, who gonna do all this? It ain't gonna be me. And of course, like, it's just so funny. The older that you get, the more that you learn, like we're never done learning. I'm 31 years old. You know, I have been a therapist since I was 21 and there's just so much that I've learned along the way. Um, but anyways, I developed, I assisted in developing that program, developing the curriculum. I provided the substance abuse counseling to the, to the youth. I went and testified with them in court and drug court, which I love. So drug court was where they sent the teens to, um, when they knew that they, um, just needed more support in kicking the drug habit and having access to resources and just having um, access to a, you know, a therapist, a substance abuse therapist, um, you know, all of those supports that they would need in order to be successful when they return to the community. And Mm -hmm. so I learned so much. And then I also worked in um, the um, adult at the adult jail. So I did substance abuse assessments there. So I got to work with both youth and adults at the same time. That was super rewarding. And I just loved that work. I love one-to-one work. And then, um, Something else I did too during my corporate career that really guided me to where I am now is I worked in the prison system. And even though I was there probably one of the shortest times of my corporate career, I would I lasted nine months because the prison system is no joke. Um, yeah. It is no joke. And if there's anybody that's listening that has family that um, that work as corrections officers inside of the prison system or probation officers inside of the criminal justice system, the system is broken. And what I experienced in the prison was just so traumatic. Just even me as a professional, it was just not a lot of protection for women, especially I worked in an all men's prison. And so I was providing clinical therapy. I was providing the case management, making sure that the inmates that were on my caseload were, you know, just taken care of in terms of their mental health and really able to truly be rehabilitated. And so anyways, like, I left that and went into private practice. And the reason why I left was because I realized, you know how you just know, like I've served my purpose. Like (laughs) it's not, it's like I worked with every population I ever wanted to work with. I had been in the therapy game for a long time. 
I just felt like, you know what? Like, I want to work with business owners. Like, I want to open up my own business. I want to eventually work with business owners. I want to do things on my own way with my own schedule and just make a bigger impact while I'm not having to worry about all of the red tape that corporate mm-hmm. can sometimes give you when you're trying to do good work. Right. So I remember like feeling like I needed to rush therapy sessions because I needed to have 15 minutes to use the bathroom, type up the case note, (laughs) make the phone calls that I needed to make. And it was just impossible. It was impossible to do it and to do good work at the same time. And so I knew going into private practice that I was just going to shift my focus to being more people centered. I'm not spending forever doing paperwork. I'm not taking on cases that exhaust me. I was only going to work with people who I, it lit me the heck up to work with. That was really hard for me to substitute with the word hack, you guys. So (laughs) no, I love, I love tape. Like that was so hard. Like (laughs) I felt my body like convulsing. Like like, (laughs) when was the last time Topsy ever said heck? Oh my God. That is funny. I don't think I've ever really used that word. Like when people say goodness gracious, I never have said that. Like I, (laughs) That's so funny. <laughs> like, you know, these substitutions people have for the actual curse word they want to say. I've never really related to when people say, what in the Sam Hill? I'm like, why would you say that? Why can't you just say what you actually want to say? Anyways, I digress. So (laughs) I knew when I opened up my own business that I wanted to make sure to serve people so powerfully and to be able to have the time and the resources and just the ability to do so and the oversight to do so. I didn't want to have anybody leaning over my shoulder telling me when to do what, you know, I'm grown. I know what to do. And so I just knew that I'm just way too rebellious for corporate. It's time to transition to private practice. And so that's what I did. And I transitioned to private practice in 2016. One of the best decisions I could have made. I worked in a group practice for a while, um, opened up my own office um, separately from that. So I could just start becoming even more independent. And then for you, knew it. I had a full case load within eight months. Um, I was able to scale my business very quickly. Um, and I literally just closed the doors to my private practice, um, probably a couple months ago. And yeah, that was yeah. before I knew that huh, I'd move out of state. That was before my husband got laid off from his corporate job. He's a primary care doctor. So that came out of the blue. Um, and I just feel so blessed and fortunate that my online business just afforded me to be able to create this life for my family that I can imagine would have happened in the same way. I believe everything happens the way it does for a reason. Um, And I do know that I would have ended up moving out of state and making these moves that I've made, but I don't know that it would have happened that way if I wouldn't have closed my brick and mortar therapy practice to fully focus on um, corporate consulting and um, mindset coaching. So yeah, that's what led me to where I am now. It's just kind of wild. I love, I love hearing your story because of how much time it took. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's such a toxic thing in the online space. Like people think they're going to come in, make money. Boom. You know, you're made, (laughs) you're, you're like made in the shade. And I love hearing like all these experiences, like eventually worked for you. Like even where you were in March when I met you and where you're at now, your business has like it's so different, right? It's way different. Yeah. So it's just like, I love hearing, I love asking people their full story because I think it puts things in perspective for my audience that's newer or even has been going at it for a little bit. And they're like, why is nothing happening? Like when in reality, they're just like at the beginning. And it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think it's okay to go against the grain and decide for yourself, what do you want your business to look like? And who are you listening to that's making you feel this urgency? Like, what are you, what messages are you listening to that's making you feel like if you don't like set your business up to scale within six months, which by the way, like, what does that even mean? (laughs) Anyways, like that's a long game, you know, like Mm -hmm. that was a long game. And even then, like, even with my therapy practice, like, yes, like I got to a point to where I took on the clients that I wanted to take on. I, I loved the work that I did. I had, you know, I hired a medical biller. I had all these supports in place, but it was not built to 
be able to be sold, right? And mm-hmm. so I think that when it comes to building in your business, like this is the long game that we're talking about. I knew that I wasn't going to provide therapy for the rest of my life, you know? And I think that it's important for us to look at it from this perspective, like what's the big picture here? Yeah. Not about these like, stupid, you know, stupid, trendy terms that people throw around. Like, what do these things actually mean? What do you want for your life? Like, forget all this, all this fake urgency that you see online when it comes to building your business. Like what's actually true. What's actually true is that it takes time, Mm -hmm. whether you like it or not, it takes time and it's not always easy. Yeah. And I think that people have this belief that, you know, all I have to do is just sign this many clients. And I'm, like you said, made in the shade. And it's like, no, there's so much more than that. And why are you rushing this process? Enjoy it. You're going to learn so much. Just take your time. Yeah. It's okay. Tune out the noise. Yeah. And that's why this whole, this is such a good segue. Segue. Here we go, y'all. That's kind of why this whole podcast series exists. Because I do think as I was growing my business, I was so focused on my goal that when I hit my goal of like six figures in sales, opened up a done for you, getting done for you clients. This is really freaking fun. Now we're going to move and I'm a stay at home mom. All six of those things happen within like two weeks of each other. And then it's like, once I hit that, I was like, crap, <laughs> Like you know, it was, it was crazy. So let's get into this. So like something I love that you speak on is, I mean, I know that you're a six and seven figure mindset yeah, mindset coach, but like what you speak on, I feel applies to anybody regardless of where they're at in their business. Um, do you see that a lot? Like with any, cause I know the program I was in was more for like five figure, like that's kind of where I was at too. Um, do you see that a lot? Like, do you see people having the mindset that once they hit X, Y, Z, like it's going to solve things? Yes. Yes. I know. I see that all the time. Um, when really what it is, is that you have to be content and be happy or figure out how to be content and happy with where you are now, because what you're thinking is going to happen once you get to this pie in the sky number, right? Like what you think is going to happen, it won't. And I don't mean that in a way like, you know, you're not going to feel good about it. Yeah, you're going to feel great, but it's always going to come back to, but what's next? Yeah. But what's next? Right. And so if that we allow that to be our identity, this like this desire to make a certain amount of money or to reach a certain number of clients or whatever, all those goals are cool. But like, why, though? Why? And are you enjoying it along the way? Like, these are the questions to really ask yourself, because once you get there, what you're going to find is that you might feel more confused than ever. Like, okay, I hit seven, eight figures, like seven figures or eight figures or whatever in terms of the value of the company. But now what? Now what do I do? What's left? What's left to do? Still the same thing? Okay, I guess I'll go back to it. Um, but then the whole time you're not content. And so I think what I think the the topic that a lot of entrepreneurs don't like to talk about is what does contentment look like? Because a lot of business owners look at contentment as settling. And that couldn't be more farther off from the truth. Contentment, to me, what it shows is confidence. Like I know what I'm doing, I know where I'm going, I know how you know my business is meeting you know, these like KPIs, like I know where my business is going and there's nobody in the world that's going to make me feel like I'm not where I'm supposed to be. To me, that's what contentment is. It's knowing that you are growing and learning and doing what you need to do in your business on your own time. And it's not on anyone else's. It doesn't mean that you're settling for where it is you are. And I think that there's this underlying um, belief that if I'm not constantly working towards this crazy goal, then what in the heck am I even doing here? Like, what am I doing here? What, what are we, what's happening? (laughs) And I really want to normalize 
the ups and downs and the ebbs and the flows of business. I think I told um, someone in um, the mastermind, because Taylor's in my mastermind, adore her so much. Um, <laughs> anyways, I adore you so much. And one of the women inside the mastermind was talking about how she doesn't like the ebb um, and flow of business. She doesn't like the ebb part. Yeah. <laughs> she just wants it to flow. <laughs> <Like a flow. laughs> She's like, can we just like flow? <laughs> I don't want to ebb. <laughs> I don't like the ebb. Yeah. And I said, like, there is no flow without the ebb and vice versa. And I said, you know, you can liken it to the whole concept of the yin and the yang, positive and negative, right? Like you need the, you need one to have the other and vice versa, because then you're not able to appreciate the full experience. So yeah. if you're only experiencing the highs of business, then how are you ever going to be able to get yourself out of the lows of business if there's nothing to look forward to or compare it to? Like everything serves its purpose. Yeah. Cuz it gives you hope, right? Like there was a time when things weren't like this and I know it can get better. So we have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable and recognize that it doesn't mean that we're doing anything wrong. It doesn't mean that we need to switch up our whole business strategy. It doesn't mean that we need to fill that hole, what we feel is a hole. It doesn't mean that we need to fill that gap with more things to launch and create. And believe me, like I'm preaching to the choir because I just had to talk myself out of creating a a brand new Black Friday offer (laughs) just to, you know what I'm saying? Aren't we all, (laughs) like, aren't we all like, do I really need to do this? <laughs> and it's like, that's the one day of the year that everyone's competing for, you yeah. know, people to pay attention to your stories and what you have going on. So why would we drive ourselves crazy by providing, doing something brand new that doesn't need, that your audience doesn't need it. And I think yeah. we don't often realize that let's just enjoy what we're doing now. Repurpose what you already have. Have that be your Black Friday offer. You already have amazing things. You just don't think it's good enough. Or you're just fearful that people aren't going to find it interesting. And I think it goes back to contentment. I'm okay with not making money on Black Friday mm-hmm. from just a Black Friday sale. But I also know that it takes a, it took a while to get to that point to where that would feel good to me, you know, mm-hmm. as an online business owner. So I really want to um, encourage this narrative of contentment, contentment over needing to um, prove something to somebody. You don't have anything to prove. You don't need to scale your business in six months. You don't need to have a team within a year. Like, where is all this urgency coming from? Yeah. You know, just be content with the ebb and the flow of business. And it's yeah. hard. It's hard, oh, it but sucks. it's normal. That's like it literally sucks. what I voxered you about today. <laughs> like, I, I literally voxered in our mastermind, y'all. I was like, I'm like, it's uncomfortable to not be doing anything. Like Topsy's homework for me until our next one-on-one call is literally just to be uncomfortable, which is like the worst homework I've ever, but it's weird especially if you go online and you see people that are just like dishing out, you know, like it, it flips it in your brain. Like I have to do that when in reality you don't No. And I think something that's like, I'm going to backtrack. So Topsy, our very first call that we had, I don't know if you remember this, you've had so many one-on-one calls, Um, (laughs) but our very first call that we had, I remember I was talking to you about my launch that had failed. I'm saying that in quotations, y'all, for my group program. And I remember, and I was sitting there like so mad. I was like crying because I was like, everything that I've done up until this point has worked. And I'm getting, I'm just so mad. Like I'm feeling frustrated. And I remember you looked at me <laughs> and you <laughs> oh were God. like, you were like, you weren't ready for it. And yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> You're like, what did I say? That? <laughs> I'm like, I'll like never forget this conversation though. You were like, you were not ready for it, Taylor. Like what you wanted and what you were ready for and what you needed were not the same. Wow. Look, that, here yeah, like, it cracks me up. You're like, did I do that? That's like really good coaching. That's actually, yeah. I'm over here like, oh, did I say that? I need to like hear more about this. <laughs> I remember it was like, it like threw me off. I remember after our call, I thought about that for like a month. Because, really? Yeah. And I still think about it sometimes. Like when... I like want launches to go a certain way. I want to spell. I always think of that conversation like, but were you really ready for that to happen? 
And I think I, I love how much you talk about like being honest with feelings. Yeah. Like, I know you speak a lot on feelings versus facts, but like feelings, like being honest with how we actually feel. I think that was like a very big turning point for me, like mindset wise yeah. is like, you know, being honest with yourself as a business owner that yeah. I had to bring up that conversation. I don't, yeah. it was like forever ago. Like it was eons ago. That is like so wild. What people remember that you say people yeah. like people. Yeah. Like what people remember that you say, it's like mind boggling. Um, I do think that sometimes there's this disconnect between mm-hmm. what we think we want versus what actually happens. And, yeah. and whether that's the way that it was, maybe that's what needed to happen. And yeah. we don't like to admit that because we yeah. want success. We want mm-hmm. things the way we want things, right? Yeah. And like even now, even for me, I just got done with a huge launch. And the last time of this launch, I got 46 people in twerking on camera, just talking about my it's offer ridiculous. for like a month. It was it was like just ridiculous. Like all I did was just twerk and talk. <laughs> like I don't know. Like I did have some mini trainings, but no, I really just you had like nothing. <laughs> You were like, get in there, get in there. Up. <laughs> yes, that was it. That was it. And now it was like, okay, I did a whole strategy behind the launch. And like, it's fascinating how I, I think I got, I ended up with 17 women in there. And that's still, first of all, those are all such, in, that's incredible. So yeah. many amazing <clears throat> humans. But again, I think about, could I, did I actually handle having 46 students? Well, no, absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. I was not ready for that type of response, that type of growth. And even now I'm like, I'm so happy. I don't have that many people. I don't want that many people. I don't need it. I don't need it. Not for the type of business that I run at this point. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think it's important for us as business owners to be honest. What do we actually want? What can we actually handle? Yeah. You know, like, and be careful what you wish for, because not everything is that it's not sunshine and puppies and rainbows. Like it's hard when you unexpectedly get a huge interest in an offer that you have. I want for people to recognize that you may not be ready for what it is that you are wanting. Everybody wants to have a huge launch, but do you want the problems that happen after yeah. Them not being able to access their portal. So now you're getting a million emails and messages saying the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. are you business-wise prepared to handle the volume of people? And that's a responsibility. And now, I, now I'm so grateful because I'm like, energetically, I don't have more room than for the people that are in this round. Yeah. And I could not imagine having almost 50 people, yeah. you know, like that doesn't feel good to me. And Mm -hmm. so, um, the more we ask ourselves that, like, what do we actually want? Not what our mentor is telling us not because that's a whole thing in and of itself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cause that's a problem sometimes. Very much so. It's a problem sometimes. I don't feel like a lot of mentors or coaches ask or encourage clients to think about Mm -hmm. what exactly do you want? Yeah. Like instead of teaching, like, here's how to figure it out. They're teaching yeah. how to get the results that they see for that person, you know? Yeah. 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 And, I think, and I think you end up missing, you end up really doing clients a disservice by not mm-hmm. asking them what they want, because then that's how you end up getting clients who don't give you great testimonials yeah. or whatever, because they're like, oh my gosh, like I, I did all of this, but for what? Like yeah. now I'm burnt out. I'm disillusioned, I'm discouraged, and I feel like I wasn't listened to or heard. And so it's really important for us to empower ourselves. Even if mm-hmm. the mentor that we have doesn't do that, that's okay. We can also create those boundaries and say, hey, before I hire you, here's what it is I'm looking for. Here's what yeah. I'm, here's the type of coaching that I respond well to. And yeah. are you okay with that? Like, I am not focused on the monetary, you know, like that's a byproduct of what I want to work on, but I really want to have good systems. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think it's important to, for us to have those conversations about what is actually a priority. Do you want to feel happy? Do you want to feel content? Like, what do you want? Or are you just hiring that coach to get you to a 20K month? Because number one, forget about it. 
Like, forget about it. It's just not realistic to do that. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to your clients. It's not fair to your business because things take time. But are you hiring them because you actually want to learn how to run your business? You want to learn how to actually coach. You want to learn how to serve your clients well when they get into your programs. How do you keep clients? Right. So like, let's shift the conversation from the flashy stuff to Mm -hmm. the stuff that actually matters. Yeah. Flashy stuff doesn't last. It's just a patch for what's actually happening and going on beneath the surface. Yeah. The conversations I want to have. I'm sick of talking about the same things (laughs) of everyone talking about the same shit. If I see one more, (laughs) here's how to make 10 K post. I'm, I've just started unfollowing. (laughs) because it's like, what is, why are you not taking time off of this app to think about what you want to talk about? You're only talking about this because you think your, your ideal client will respond to it. Yes. That's what it is. And I think people are afraid. They're afraid that if I talk about what I really want to talk about, what does it look like if people aren't interested? And I get get it. That's scary. It's scary. Like, you know, with the whole success thing, I definitely had like a very warped dis- like view of what successful looked like. I know I've been like very open about it on the podcast. Like I, I like, I really did feel, and it sounds dumb saying it out loud, but like really y'all, I really did feel like if I hit a certain point in my business, like I will be successful. Like that is really the only thing that I focused on for a year. Like y'all are wondering how I got like $700 in February to hundred K in sales by September. It was because that was my hyper focus <laughs> to the point where like I was pushed aside. Chloe was pushed aside. My husband, you know, like, yep. and nobody talks about that, like defining your own version of success, but also being willing like, I know something I'm working on the mastermind with you is changing my mindset where I don't stand in my way of being successful. Yeah. Cause that's kind of what stops people. I think, I think is like, I know what I want, but can I really have that? Like, is that really possible for me? Especially when you're talking about coming from, you know, a generation of family members who have not necessarily done, um, been in entrepreneurship. You know, like these are topics that are so sensitive. Like a lot of our family members have no idea how Mm -hmm. we make money, no matter how many times we tell them that we are not influencers. Yeah, my family is so confused. (laughs) They don't get it. They're just like, how do you make money? What? I don't know sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. That's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. (laughs) I'm going to go journal on that. Right, I'm going to go journal. I'm going to go explore that a little bit further. I'll get back to you. (laughs) That is so funny, but it's so true. Like how many, how many business owners don't come from generational wealth? How many business owners don't come from money at all? In fact, they come from, you know, family members who really see money as a means to an end. Like, you know what? Like you get your paycheck, you pay your bills, you wake up, you go to work. You maybe have money to put in savings, but that's not something that we're able to do in our family as Mm -hmm. much. And so, and I think that when it comes to even having those backgrounds, it also creates pressure, right? We create this pressure in a lot of ways. And sometimes our family creates that pressure or impacts that pressure. But I think it's important to consider like, where did you come from and why are your goals what they are. Like, where does that come from? Where does that drive come from? Where does that fear come from of not talking about what you're actually passionate about for fear that people are going to reject it? Where does that come from? You know, and if you are able to really be honest with yourself, I'm really big on being honest, it's maybe because you, you feel like, I want to do this right. I don't want to screw up my family. I don't want to screw up my lineage. I want to create this culture in our family of being able to, if you want to be a business owner, be a business owner. If you don't, you don't, but you are able to, you know, demand to be paid what it is that you, you know, want to be paid for your expertise. And I think for so many business owners, it's just, they don't, they feel this pressure and they don't know why, and they don't know where it comes from. So I just urge you to explore that, explore where it could be coming from, because all of that informs our stories and it informs the way in which we operate in business. It matters. It matters so much. 
Yeah, I know something like, I think it's, I think you call it, like, again, I've invested in every freaking thing that you've done, <laughs> including your courses. So I think it was, is it feel, deal, heal? Yeah. Is that the process that you yeah. teach? You're like, man, Taylor, you're pulling that out of like, no, you're so good. That is, that's it. I think I talk about that. I think that's, I don't know what course I talk it was about. It was um, not imposter monster was the other one. Is it escape the thought spiral? Yes. 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 I yes. refer to that often because the thought spirals are real for me. They are so um, But I think that's one of the biggest things that I love that you speak on, regardless of how much money you're making, yep. you have to allow yourself to feel. Yeah. Something I love that in that scare without the spiral. Yeah. Scare without the spiral accelerator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Something that I love is we have like a very wide variety of women in there, like income wise, business wise, done for you provide. Like, yeah, it, it was such a good group. It was, it was so yeah. cool to be part of. I was like fangirling. I I was fangirling over one of the girls in there. It was so funny. Um, but all of us as a collective, we're basically dealing with the same stuff. You know, every week you brought up a new topic yeah. and everybody, regardless how much money you were making. Yeah. was struggling with that. Yep. And I think that's like something that's not talked about enough is mindset and how people feel as they're growing their businesses and they're having relationships with their clients and it's not always working out. Yeah. Like, do you see that a lot too? Do you see a lot of people like mm. making that very different from their business? Like, I don't yeah. know, like kind of like me, I don't need that. It's not a big deal. Oh, 100 You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that, um, I think that even still, even though we've come a long way in our country as it relates to how we talk about mental health, I don't think that in some communities it is that way because of cultural differences and stuff. So we still have a long ways to go. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do see this. People often don't know that they want to hire me until they find me (laughs) because they're like, you know, they're like, I like my therapist. My therapist is great, but mm, there's some business stuff I want to talk about with my therapist and it just doesn't really fit. Right. It doesn't really fit in. Um, and I want to just focus on that, but I can't do that in my sessions because I have like depression or anxiety or whatever Mm -hmm. that, you know, I, I'm learning skills for. So how do I figure out what is a clinical issue, which is something that your therapist is going to address, which is clinical depression, clinical anxiety. How do I figure that out? Like talk about that stuff while still addressing the non-clinical stuff, such as the sadness, the frustration, the self-esteem, all of that stuff that I can address with coaching. So I noticed that many people don't know that there's another option. Like, okay, you have your um, you know, the clinical issues, like your clinical health, like really getting um, figured out with the anxiety, with the depression, you have that stuff getting addressed. But what about your business? What about your attitude and your mindset towards sales? So oftentimes people don't realize that they need more mindset work outside of the depression and the anxiety stuff. They don't realize they need it until they find me <laughs> or until yeah. they learn that there's options, that coaching is an option right? That coaching is just another way to get people to their goals. And you're not focusing on all that stuff from their past and how it's impacting their future and all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. So I think that I noticed that a lot where people are like, holy crap, like I still do struggle with a lot of different things, growing pains. And is this normal? Should I talk about it? There's a lot of shame. I think that there's a lot of shame when it comes to you get to a certain point in business, you're just supposed to have it figured out. You shouldn't still be dealing, I'm air quoting right now. You shouldn't still be having that mindset issue. You shouldn't still be dealing with that enrollment issue. You shouldn't still be dealing with that systems issue. So then what happens? Now you feel like a loser. You feel like a failure. You feel like you're doing business wrong. That's probably a sign that you need some more mindset work. You need to and work strategy. on your mindset. Yeah, you need yeah, some strategy. That's not strategy. No, it's not business strategy. That's That's mindset strategy. If you're listening, y'all, I really encourage you, you know, because like once you learn how to sell content market, ideal client, like there's not really anybody else that's going to teach you a different way to do it. That's going to be super impactful. You know, like once you know it, I feel like, you know, it, you know, it, you know, a lot of people ask me 
how I went from like, you know, my done, my done for you service, like blowing up the past few months. Like a lot of people have asked me about that. And my answer has always been like, my mindset was ready for it. Yeah. I spent all of May, June yeah. and July in your A program, Topsy, yeah. like crying on calls, talking about my feelings, which sucked, um, working through, like working through a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like all that was all that happened because I was like, Taylor was ready for it to happen. Not just my business, but like me as a person, like I was in a place where my confidence had built up. Yeah. I stopped seeing my worth as like, if people wanted to work with me or not. And that just helped my confidence even more. Cause I stopped uh-huh. caring so much about convincing people and focused more on like helping people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that was like, that was the game changer for me. But even when my, when my business started doing like really well, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't talk about that just brings more problems. <laughs> like it just brings like, you're, you're better than you were four months yeah. ago, but it brings on a whole new things that, you now have to grow through because it's like a new level. It's a new yeah. level of your business, new yes. things are like expected of you. Yes. And something that I've been talking about on this series is like, your journey is continuous. Like when yeah. you hit your goal, that doesn't mean your life is better. Everything's yeah. solved. Like you have, there are always going to be things that you're hopefully needing to work on and grow in. And it, it's never like an ending point. Ever. And I feel like what you said earlier, Topsy was so good about thinking about the bigger picture. Yes. Cause that's helped my mindset a lot. Like not focusing so much on like how I feel right now, focusing more on like how I want to feel in the next six months. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the more we start focusing on the bigger picture, you're going to notice a significant decrease in a lot of the mindset drama that happens on a day to day. I'm not saying it's going to, it's not going to fix everything. Of course, there's no like big fix. However, if you are able to think about do I, is it really true that I'm going to scale my business to where I want it to be forever for the next six months? Is that accurate? No. Well, then how much energy should I be putting into finding the next coach who's going to teach me the same shit that I learned from my last business coach, right? Like, why am I like on this like journey to find this missing piece that isn't missing? I already have it. I'm just being impatient. So what's yeah. actually the truth? The actual truth is that in the next you know, year, this is how you want your business to look. This is what you would love to have happen. And then let's reverse engineer and get to that point. But the mindset drama comes into place when we are trying to micromanage everything right now. Yeah. We need for it to happen yesterday. And that instant gratification issue, I think, also causes entrepreneurs a lot of just like distress, like distress, like, like sis, you gotta be stressed. Cause I'm stressed listening to what you're talking about, but you gotta (laughs) feel stressed. Like why the rush? Like let chill out, take your time, take your time. Enjoy it. Enjoy the ride because you, what you are experiencing today, you're going to look back and say, man, this is what I wish I would have done with that time. The time that I spent freaking out about, you know, whatever, whatever issue that is, I could have spent it doing this. So you're going to wish for what you have going on right now. This is the, this is the, what's the word? Um, Your businesses will never look this way ever again. So this is the least busiest that I'll ever be. I'll only get more busy and then I'll have to create and tighten up my boundaries so that I'm able to manage that. But I think we have got to start focusing on the bigger picture, man. Like the bigger picture will really help with your mindset, really being honest with yourself about what you need, you know, being honest with, I need to be more content. I need to work on my need for instant gratification. You know, I need to work on my need to be validated by other people. Like that's my self-worth being tied to how many sales I make. Like, I really encourage, like, that's probably been the best thing for me is to like verbally say, instead of like, I'm mad people aren't buying. 
Mm-hmm. I'm mad because I'm not getting instant gratification. <laughs> like, oh, that's really happening. You know, like really being honest with yourself is so good for your development as a business owner. Cause nobody yeah. else can do that for you. You have to no. take very rapid responsibility. You know, Topsy, as you were talking, like throughout this series, the series has been kind of weird because yeah. I don't really have like an end goal. <laughs> I with get this it. Series. I'm yeah. like, I'm just kind of sharing with people like what I'm working through, yeah. like st- as I'm still working through it. So it's kind of yeah, weird because I'm very solution based, but looking back on like what you were saying, I think something I had like a realization, which I think is where my mindset's different now. I think like the tailor that was in May wanting to be where I'm at now was only focused on where I wanted to be in the next three months. I don't think I ever thought about, okay, what about the next six months? What (laughs) about the next year? What about when Tyler goes back to work? You know, like, I think I would have done things much differently if I had thought bigger picture because it all just seems much more manageable. Like if I know looking forward, I'm not always going to be on the gram. Like I'm not, I know I'm not going to always be like, you know, it's going to be weird if I'm like 45 and I'm on Instagram, <laughs> like, hey, y'all. <laughs> like, you know, my business is always going to change. Like yeah. it's always going to be like evolving and changing. And I think that just makes it so much more manageable mindset wise. Like, yes. you know, cause yeah. I feel like we focus so much on the right now. We like yep. forget every, I know that's what I did for the longest time. I was so I focused on yeah. right now. So I like missed out on all this time with Chloe and you want, I, you want to know what I also think that is. I think that that happens because we're not getting what we want right now. Like, yeah. I think it goes back to that instant gratification. Like yeah. if we, because we're not getting the results we want right now, the sales we want right now, the recurring revenue we want right now, the interest in our offers the way we want right now, then it's really hot. Cause then, then we're like, forget it. Like, what's the point of thinking six months from now? I'm just worried about the next month. Like, am I still going to be in business? (laughs) You know what I mean? And I do think that that can also play a part. And if you're not happy or satisfied with where you're at currently in business, it is going to make it very difficult for you to think big picture because you're not going to see the point. Why? Because you're wired to look for that validation, that gratification. You and know, that's where it kind of comes y'all like, that's where you need to shift how you're building your business. Yeah. You know, if you can't be happy with where you're at right now, it's yeah. almost like you're never going to, you're always going to need that next thing, you know, what's yeah. next. And like, that's why I'm so big on like build a business that you love, Yeah. you know, that you yep. like, like it all starts with you. Does. You know, because like if, if you're just doing like a lot of people become business coaches because they think that's what's successful, that's what they should do right. when they don't really like it, you know? And I know so many that were, while they were, you, and you know them too, like while yeah. they're business coaching, they are not liking it because yeah. it's become about who wants to reach a 10K month and who wants to do all this flashy stuff. And they're realizing like, this is not sustainable. Yeah. There is so much more to what actually coaching is than mm-hmm. what my, cl- what my clients are doing. And I'm not happy with the way that this is going. So yeah, you guys think about what you want. What do you actually want? Don't be afraid to go against the grain. Don't be afraid to say what's unpopular. I think that me and Taylor are like the Queens at saying what's unpopular, not yeah. because not just for the sake of it, but because we want to teach you, we want to yeah. teach you like another perspective. We want yeah. to teach you like our, the truth from our expertise. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the secret is it's coming from our expertise. Like, and that's <laughs> another thing. That. And that's yeah. another thing y'all like I've, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. I've gotten so many messages about my done for you. Cause a lot of my followers topsy have been following me since last September. I have a lot of day winners. Oh. Yeah. I might. My audience, you freaking rock. Like a lot of them have literally watched me the entire year. Wow. Isn't that cool? So they've seen, so they've seen. seen everything. Wow. Like good, bad, ugly. <laughs> they have they have literally seen everything and they've just told me like you're like they can just tell like your mm-hmm. business has like 
changed. Like this is very different, but y'all it's my expertise. Like I didn't create a done for you service just for funsies. Like I'm really good at it. Yeah. You know, I didn't do VIP days because everybody else is doing VIP days. What I can do in a month, I can do in five hours. Yeah. Like it, it's my expertise, but y'all have to like, the more you're in your expertise, like even you now, Topsy, like you're creating super impactful programs, like destroy the minds. I'm so excited for round two, by the way, (laughs) like, you know, the more you're really stepping into like your voice and making like diversity part of companies. I didn't even know that you were doing that, by the way. I know. I was like, I was like, oh my God, Taylor's probably like, what? I didn't know. (laughs) We have to talk about this. That's so exciting. Cause like, again, y'all like, it's always going to be evolving, but like, again, that goes back to your mindset. You have to have a mindset that allows you to start believing in yourself. Yes. It all starts with your mind. It's insane. The minute I learned that I was like, as long as my mind is in the right place, like I can do anything, anything. I can literally do whatever I want. Yes sell however you want, make as much money as you want. It's really just your mind and your energy. And that's really it. You know, yeah. like I am choosing to not, you know, have a big launch before the end of the year that this was my last launch. Destroy the mindset drama was my last launch because I don't have the energy for it, but I know I could, I could do mm-hmm. it and push through and make a ton of money and make a huge impact and get so many women inside this program. But at what, at what cost? At yeah. what cost? It's not worth it to me. Yeah. And that's power. Like that's more powerful than making any amount of money is being able to like pull the plug (laughs) and then also put your, your foot on the wheel and be like, let's freaking go. You know, like that is like the people that are able to do that, regardless how much money you make, you control your business. The people that are having to launch like three to four times a month, like I'm not kidding, you know, like constantly launching, like their business is controlling them. Yes. You know, and I'm not yeah. jealous of those people. <laughs> like, I at can't all. do that anymore. I can't do that. I don't have the stamina, girl. And like so once tiring. a month, I've been launching on. Let's see the the pandemic. So when the pan- so when their shutdown started until just like a week ago, I was number one, setting myself up to lead. So you guys, there's also going to be seasons in your business where you're trying to figure things out. You're figuring out what what launch strategy you even want to have. Right. Like, cause I hate to say it, but like Instagram is an incredible marketing tool. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. But again, are you hiring people who are looking at the long term of where you want your business to go? Because I know long term, I ain't trying to be slanging none of my offers through <laughs> my Instagram stories. Like, I yeah. think it's awesome and it's just one tool. But eventually, I want to move towards doing more things in person. I want to move towards doing more corporate consulting. I want to move towards, you know, people just like like having steady leads without me having to show up on Instagram yeah. stories in order for that to happen, right? Yeah. I want to make sure my email list is taken care of and that mm-hmm. that area is awesome. So I want you guys to start thinking about what you actually want in your business. Start hiring for what you need and for what your lifestyle desires, right? rather than what's flashy and what sounds good because launching three to four times a month is, it's not sustainable. It's not, you know, it's really not because it's so much energy and you don't want that for you. In May. It was awful. Three times topsy. I watched three times. It was my highest month. Like it was my highest month up until recently, but it was like, this is not, no, just be careful what y'all ask for. Yeah, be exactly. what you ask for. And like, however, whatever you're wanting to do, yeah. do it your way. Yeah. Do it your <laughs> do way. Do it your way. That is okay. how it's going to be successful. Exactly. This is so good. <sighs> this is so good, Topsy. Okay. So three tips. Yeah. Let's say I have listeners that are struggling with just being content. Oh, yeah. Okay. What I'm going to take, I'm going to write these tips down for me too. This is, so <laughs> this is literally what I boxed you about today. So I feel like I'm getting a coaching session. <laughs> I love it. Um, so what are three tips or things you want to say to somebody out there? Who's like, I'm struggling just to be happy. Mm. I'm even maybe happy. I don't even know if contentment is happy. Just being, yeah. content, being content with where I'm at. Yeah. I'm struggling. So I would say do an audit of 
what you're consuming. That's probably one of the biggest go-tos because what we consume becomes what we think about. So if we are constantly consuming any type of content, it could be anything. It doesn't need to be in the coaching world. It doesn't need to be in that. It can be literally anything. If we're consuming content, whether it's podcasts, books, personal development, whatever, that is triggering what's already within you triggering this fear that you're not doing enough, that you are not enough, that your business isn't doing well enough, then you need to do an audit and get it out. You need to just get rid of it because it's impacting your ability to feel content. I would say the second tip for contentment is creating joy outside of your business. That's one of the biggest things that many entrepreneurs get lost in is they get lost into their business and they get lost in those business relationships who are your friends? Let's talk about actual friendships. Like, let's keep it 100. Like, who do you actually tell? Like, oh my God, you know what I mean? Like me mm-hmm. and me and, you know, my spouse got into a huge fight this evening and now I'm feeling, you know, this type of way. Is there anyone that you're talking to about that? And if you are not and you're deflecting and focusing on your business instead, then that's something to really look at is where are you finding your joy? Where's your joy coming from? If your business is your only sor- source of joy, what's happening, (laughs) what's happening. And that needs to be fixed. Um, I would say third, as far as contentment is, um, really identify like, what is the feeling and what is the fact, right? A lot of you guys might be new to hearing me talk about this, but I always go back to how you feel is valid, but that doesn't mean that what you feel makes the feeling true. It's just the feeling, right? So you feel Like if you don't land this many clients this month, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. it could just like screw things over for you within the next six months. That's your thought, right? That's what you feel. So, but what's actually the truth? The actual truth is that you probably just need to offer payment plans so you can have more recurring revenue. What's the actual truth is that you probably do have a savings that you are just trying not to touch because you struggle with your money mindset. So then it's not an issue of you needing to get more clients. It's about how are you stewarding the money you already have? What's actually true? You know, and those are hard questions. Literally me last night. I'm (laughs) like, do I need to launch something else or do I suck at renting my money right now? (laughs) (laughs) I'm over here. I have like notes on my phone. I'm like, well, I'm going to write these down. I freaking love it. Taylor's like, I don't want to miss a thing. Did I miss something? (laughs) Oh my God. But I think that it's so true. Like really challenge your thoughts, challenge your thoughts, guys. I like to tell my clients to put your thoughts on trial, you know, like put your thoughts, put your feelings on trial. You're allowed to feel it, but what's actually the truth. And that's what we focus on. We have to stand in what's true. Your feelings matter, but that may not be what's actually the truth. And so I'd like for my clients to really develop that skill set because it is a skill and you have to practice it over and over and over. But I promise you, once you start actually doing that mindset work, it's going to become even easier to feel content in your business because you know, you know that you know that you know what is true and what is not. Ugh, so good. Thank you. Ugh, those three Thank tips you. are everything. I'm like, tip number three. <laughs> <laughs> Feelings versus facts, Taylor. As, as if you've never heard it as before, I, right? I know, but it still gets me every time. I know. It gets me too, girl, all the time. <laughs> I have to use it on myself constantly. Taylor, thank you so much for having me. This yes, Topsy. I uh, I freaking adore you. You know how much I love you. But love thank you so much. for Like, literally, I fangirl. When I asked her, I was like, yes. hey. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. You guys, Taylor was like, I'm not taking no for an answer. Yeah, I I pitched her twice. I love it so much. I was dying. I was literally dying. I was like, (laughs) oh my God, this is the best. This is the best. I got to go on now. Yeah, I said at the first time, I was like, that's the worst podcast pitch I've ever done. And I said no. That's so funny. And I didn't even remember it. I think I was just like, oh my God, I've been on so many podcasts that I was like, I know. No, I totally, I totally get it. This is so good. This worked out. Yeah, this is perfect. perfect. Well, Topsy, let everybody know where can they follow you? I know you, do you have anything coming up? Like, is there anything? (laughs) (laughs) Anything for them to look forward to? Oh 
forget, I do have a freebie called the five boundaries you must have when you're struggling with imposter syndrome. So I'll make sure that um, Taylor puts that in the show notes. You can find me on Instagram. I'm always like on my stories. Um, I'm just a really funny character. I think I'm really funny. Like I rewatch my stories multiple times a day. You'll get some education. You'll get some laughs. You know, I'll talk about social justice. Like I, you'll get all of it. Topsy Vandenbosch, um, that'll be in the show notes as well. T-O-P-S-I-E. I should be the only the only Topsy on Instagram. Otherwise, I'm going to find her and I'm a fighter. <laughs> because we got I'll put your name on the show notes so we I don't know. have to fight people. <laughs> but thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed talking, talking to you so much on this episode. So awesome. I hope that your listeners get so much value from it. Yeah, they're going to love it. I'm so excited. All right. Well, thank you, Topsy. I appreciate it. And that was part three of the 100K series, y'all. So come back next week. We will have part four. I've written up like a really interesting reflection. So (laughs) we'll see how it goes. But I will see y'all next week. Bye, guys. Thanks, Topsy. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the More Than a Mama podcast. Before you go fold that laundry that's been sitting there since last weekend, I have one more thing for you. My mission is to create content that serves and impacts you. So if you love what you heard today, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, screenshot your review, and tag me on Instagram at morethanamama underscore so I can connect and create content for you, my listeners. Thanks so much for listening and I will see you on the next episode. Don't forget to make waves today. Bye.